Welcome to Your Photography Mentor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you achieve your photography dreams, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned pro. Now here's your hosts, David Molnar and Rich Coleman. Welcome to episode 31 of Your Photography Mentor Podcast. I'm David Molnar. This is the one, the only Rich Coleman over here. Dick Coleman in the house. I'm excited about being Dick when I'm older. My dad's my dad's a dick, and later in life, I'll be a dick. At what age? I'm saying, I, 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 like, I was thinking, like, I think when I was a kid, like, I've always wanted to be Dick. I just think it's a cool name. It's like kind of like '60s. Like, how many dicks do you know? Not a lot of them. It's usually an older. Well, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. at a certain age, I'll be able to old man it up, and I'm in. I'm gonna put it on my license. It just, yeah. it's just. I'm ready. I think 50, maybe 45. Like, what's a good age? Let's. We can. We can. We're trying to figure out a poll of the audience. You know, let's at what, figure. At what age can Rich change his name on good conscience from Rich Richard to Dick? What do you guys think? Well, I'm saying Richard's got. You got Rick, Rick, Ricky, Rich, Richie, Dick, Dicky, right. It's like I just have right. so many option names. Dicky could be a good one for you. Yeah, it's my dad. My dad's Dicky, eighty percent Dick, okay, twenty percent. He's Dicky. Right. You right. look him up on Facebook right now, Dicky Coleman. That's my father. He looks like a okay. gray, gray-haired version of myself. You know that old man app thing that we did like a year mm-hmm. ago? I guess, man. You all over information at ten. Yeah, I look just like my father. It was nuts. I mean, spinning image. Yeah, man. By the way, I just saw a picture your mom posted of her in high school. And holy crap, does she look like your sister, Esther? She does, man. Yep. And you know who looks like them? Rosie, my daughter. Yes, Rosie does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I see Rosie and I'm like, it is little Esther, which I didn't know my mom in high school or in her high school. (laughs) I knew my mom in my high school. Um, Unless but, uh, you uh, yeah. believe the terminology of Back to the Future Part 1, then you could have known your mom. Right. How weird. Yeah. And do you mean known in the biblical sense, or do you mean known? No, the... that was uh, no, that, that'd be weird. Hey, sorry. No. I went to <laughs> yeah. the movies last week, and I think I said this even oh. on the last podcast. But I saw the movie Tenet, and it blew my mind. Because Christopher Nolan just makes exceptionally entertaining movies. Is it the best movie in the world? No, but like Interstellar, Inception, Dunkirk, all great movies. And Tenet did not disappoint, except at the end of it, I was left like my brain physically hurt from the concept of trying to understand his brain and time travel. People are saying that Rich is louder than David. I'll try to get close to the mic. I don't know. I don't know turn up I your audio and turn mine down on the ecam settings. Mm-hmm. I'll talk quiet. Yeah. Just put me down to like 80% so that way we're the same. You go to 100. Now you're at 80%. So I don't know. I just got the mic closer. So hopefully that'll work. It's being, it's being interesting this morning. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of Your Photography Mentor Podcast. Um, hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit better at this point. Um, so Rich, what are we doing today? What, what are we going to give away today? That's the, that's the bigger thing, you know? You know what? I'm tired of every week you just springing this on me. You know what, David? I'm going to ask you, what are we giving away today? Mm. How about we give away a picture of your face? 
How about we give away my favorite? We'll do, we'll pick two people, okay? Ooh, two and winners. we'll give away my favorite memory card holder. Okay. You no. Know? Um, and actually, I think I have it right. Somewhere. Actually, I can't find it. Where is it? I have mine because I'm prepared. Which one do you like? Which, which is your David, look what I just found in my camera case. Tip money. Tip money from photo shoots. The only time David Monar ever tips me is when he's trying to give me a bike for my birthday. That was nine months ago. By the way, did you find? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one that I love. Look at that. Is it Kira Photo? Kira Photo. I think mine's Pelican. Okay. Well, we'll give away two of these, which are awesome because you can like run them over with the car. Mine's like the color of your shirt, up. bro. Yeah, yours is better than mine, but you can put a bunch of uh, SD cards in there. You know? Oh, look, mine, like mine's, said, I, S, mine's give away SD, the six CF. Mine hold both. Mine hold a, a CF card, too. Well, I guess I guess winner's choice, right? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. David, you awesome. need to turn my audio down just a little more. I love you. Mm-hmm. you kind of strange. I, I, could switch, I could switch microphones, too. Just go that. Just go headset. You know, could do that. I'll just do that. Switch to headsets here. I'm just waiting for you to be really loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Just is what it is. So it should be. What is? Should be good. Whatever. So we'll give away two of these memory cards. All you got to do is memory card holders. Okay. And um, all you got to do is just share this Facebook Live recording. And today, what I'm excited about is, uh, can you guys hear me better now, by the way? Can you hear me a little bit better now? I can hear well, says Kiana. Summers, wow, that's a lot better, says Linda. Okay, Yes, great. now you can turn me back up, jerk face. Come on. Jerk face is in terms of endearment, by the way. Okay, so, um, yeah. it's technology. Live streaming technology is always just lots of fun, man. But, um... Rich, how was your weekend? What's the big three? Oh, big three. I shot a wedding and an elopement in 35 mile an hour winds. Uh, it was quite entertaining and <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty nuts. Uh, it's pretty nuts how like much sand. Like I, I'm still getting like sand from behind my ears. If you are TPM, I, can I saw it on your camera, like lens, like it was like all like right here. I'm like, it's, oh I mean, I'm just, it was, it was just like blowing a gale. I mean, it was just, there's 50 people like one wedding. It just started raining and I was just like, I, it, it just was what it was, man. Mm. But Hey, I got I, sh- I saw the tip. I got a good tip out of it. So dude, is that a 400, $500 tip? $400 tip, bro. Dang, man. Surprise is a Well lot. done. I think I, I got tipped a few times at weddings, and I was like, wow. Like, do you get tipped a lot at weddings? It depends. Some planners, it's pretty normal. Like, if I if I work with a certain planner, I know there's an envelope with my name on it with 100 bucks for me and 100 bucks for my second shooter. But usually hmm. at the end of the day, it's just like they're like, whoa, 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 before you leave. The best is when you get tipped by three people at the same wedding. I've been tipped by the groom the bride's dad and the groom's dad. Really? 
that's awesome. How much? How much did you make? The most I've ever been tipped. I actually got a thousand dollar tip once. It was awesome. Wow. wow. And a lot of times, that's if I'm the there type. With, of, that's with, the type of guy you are, though. You you're like you're such an amazing service, and so and so like you know, it's such a team player that they're like, man, this guy like, you know. I usually just give it to my second shooter because that makes them feel like I'm, you know, like if I get tipped a hundred bucks instead of like trying uh-huh. to break it, I'll be like, you know, here you go because I got paid. Right, right, right. It just right, makes, right. makes your helper feel like a million bucks. If you get a thousand dollar tip, though, you're probably not giving all that to your second shooter. I just, I just, I just hope my second shooter doesn't see me get the tip. <laughs> I'm like pulling a twenty. I'm like pulling a twenty out of my wallet. <laughs> like here, you did a great. <laughs> you did good. I mean, I don't hire people that are thousand dollar good. You know. Oh, uh, no, that's awesome. We've shot. We've right. shot a fun. We've shot a little fun wedding together. Remember that one we did at uh, what's it called? Festival Park in Manio. Yes, yes, that was Christy. I don't. Yes, remember. that was Christy's wedding. Yeah, that was fun. That's fun. And also Esther's wedding. My sister Esther's. We got to shoot That's that. True. You and Josh Wood, and you know Josh was shooting the wedding, and you graciously came and were helping, and uh, and uh, and then um, and I got to shoot, take some photos too. It was pretty fun. Esther's anniversary was two days ago, by the way. Yeah. Hey, question question for you. Is today the first day of fall? Usually like the, the fall first day of fall is the twenty first, but sometimes it's like the twentieth or twenty second. So I don't actually know. I didn't actually look it up. Can someone let us know in the comments if it is or is not the first day of fall? Because if it is the is that what's called the equinox? No, 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 no. No, the equinox is the solstice, right? The winter or summer solstice, I, th- I believe. I'm so I I get it. I get it. All I know Whatever. is I'm wearing a sweater because I went to the gym at five this morning and I was like, oh my gosh! And I came back in and got a sweatshirt sweater. Nicole, Nicole is saying tomorrow is the first day of fall. Nicole Graves. So I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold that. Tomorrow is in my 20th anniversary. Says Charlie Timothy Briggs. Well, welcome. I mean, welcome. Congrats, Charlie Timothy Briggs, on your 20th anniversary. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so they're saying tomorrow is the first day. It's weird how it's like certain days, and it's not even a – or is it a leap year? Was leap year this year, February 29th? Was it? I think it was I, this year. I missed it. COVID, <laughs> world ending. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really COVID on February 29th. You know? Okay. Well, hey, today – here's what we wanted to do today. We wanted to do um, – we wanted to do an Ask Me Anything, kind of an AMA session. And by the way, if you guys are just tuning in right now, we're giving away two of these of our favorite memory card holders, holders uh, to two of you guys, memory card holders. And, um, and we're going to pick, we're going to randomly choose a couple of you guys who share this Facebook Live video. And then today we're going to be answering any questions that you guys have. Okay. So if you guys have any a question, question, when I say any question. Any question. No, you said <laughs> it now. Anyway. The cat's out of the bag. So if you guys have some um, if you guys have some questions, um, I'm glad I'm not Amy Elizabeth. She says it's freezing this morning in Pennsylvania. If you guys have some questions that you'd like to ask me or Rich, then we would like to kind of talk about it uh, a little bit today. So what's up, Rich? I, I think I'm ready to ask a, do a poll. Yeah? I think I figured it out over here on my other left monitor. So you just let me All know. Right, tell, us, tell us about it. You launch it. You, so what's going on? we, we, we want to know how many – photo mentorship students we have on compared to not on. So I'm going to, I'm about to post right now and praise, hope, hope, praise Jesus. Hopefully it works. You let me know. And it just says, are you a photo mentorship student? Yes or no. 
Yeah, and so to be clear, Photo Mentorship Students is one of our uh, monthly members of the Photo Mentorship where you get to stream unlimited access to all of our courses and um, get all your questions answered by you know experts like me or Rich or our other experts that are on staff. And then also um, watch our other live events because we have this week alone, we have three other live events. So if you guys, so we have we just launched this poll? Is it up? I, I, it says we have we have one person that answered no, so I'm thinking it's working. Okay, cool. Um, so let us know if you guys can y'all take this poll that I believe just popped up. Dude, they're uh, let us know, like crazy. guys. This is awesome. This is okay, great. Sweet. I, just I love it. Yeah, that's cool. I like this. Okay, 33 people are 44 to 11. Versus what? What's 44? 49 people are, 12 people are not. Students. Member of TPM students. Okay, cool. I might, so I might, if you guys I'm going to make a bunch of polls. I think this is great. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I'm going to play a video real quick that's showing you guys what the photo mentorship is while you guys are answering this. And if you have any questions, ask, like, kind of type them in the, pop, in the comments for us. All right. Dude, we got to get... Like this video is cool, but I think we need to get like one that sells it a little bit better, you know. The or just a few like some other ones to mix it up. I'll Unless get, I'm missing something, I'll get. We need a commercial. Commercial. What a commercial? Yeah, we've got um, thirty seconds left. I mean, this is really cool. It's showing what it is. I'm just trying to think of it like. I can't see it because of the way I'm set up. I can't hear you, dude. Got 15 seconds left. All righty. Cool. Video has played. People are answering the poll. How, how are we doing? How many people have said yes? So we have 133 people on live at this moment, as far as I can see. Um, and, um, and how many people are TPM students? TPM stands for the Photo Mentorship, which is our amazing membership community, which you just saw a preview of in that video, if you are watching this live. How many, how many of you guys on live right now are TPM students? We have 66, 67 yeses and 20 no's. So 77% yes. 77% yes. Okay. Okay. Becky McCubbin says, if you're on your phone, hold it in landscape mode for the poll questions to show. Um, okay. This is brand Sleep. new to us. This is brand new to the Facebook Creator Studio experience for us. Mm-hmm. I just watched some 65-year-old lady teach me how to use it on YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. It was awesome. Uh, she did great, too. Like, I loved her. Irma. All right. So this is a great question. Let's look, if you guys have, um, if you guys have, uh, some questions, I want y'all to ask them in the comments here. All right. And then here's, here's a funny thing. I didn't really talk about what I did this weekend, but my son, I got a bandaid on here. My, my two year old daughter, Jules, Juliet was like, you got Bobo. She's like, I'll kiss it. I'm like, yeah, here you go. Um, my son, I was helping him get a fish off the hook. Like we have a little pond next to our, like kind of down the street from our house. And uh, he was like fishing and he got a fish like this big. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm trying to take it out. And then he, you know, he dropped the, the, the line was like this much. And he drops the fishing pole right as I'm taking the hook out. And then it dropped 
four feet off the fence down to the thing and like jerked my hand like all the way down with the hook in it. I'm like, ah! <laughs> so, um, was so it the, Christian the or Judah? Of fishing, it was Judah. And I'm like, you can't drop the pole. <laughs> he was like, oh, let me help. It just drops. The, I'm like, ah! <laughs> so anyways, it's one of those things where it's like, it's three days old. I think it happened Friday night or Saturday morning. And, um, and it's one of those aggravating things is right here. Um, like on the tip of my pointer finger and it just kind of like, it doesn't, it's, it's like not healing. I keep on like re-aggravating because my right hand and it's like, you know, if I'm putting hair product in, if I'm grabbing something. So I'm like trying to twist the mouse because this is like your pointer finger that you do on the mouse oh, right it, here. And it, it doesn't it do anything. Yeah, it's like, use your middle finger. It's like not, yeah, it's like my middle finger. Okay. So if you guys have any questions, ask them in the comments and we'll get to as many of them as we can. I, right. have one, I have one quick story. Um, it's about a G-string. The worst I've ever been hurt in my life, I think, is I was playing my guitar, electric guitar, and the G-string broke, and it went – that yeah, that G-string. And it went straight into my ring finger like that much, a guitar string. Just the way it like – like still thinking about it hurts. I mean, did it like slice that much or no, did no, it like – it, it, it went like straight in like a – like a like your, oh. I'm imagining your fish hook did, and it went Bro. in, and I couldn't believe it. And then when I pulled it out, it was the most excruciating pain. I mean, I was there for two childbirths, but I'm gonna compare it to that kind of type of pain. I mean, I never, I never personally gave birth, but I watched it twice. But I, you know, I pretty much caught all four of our kids in our kind of in our bathtub. So I've watched, I've watched twice as many births as you. Oh, no, no, no. I said my wife. I said I watched my wife's birth twice. That's not okay. all the births I've I've watched. Mm. Just you know, just. I accidentally I actually I made it to Ramon's birth almost Ramon Ramon's newest baby, on accident. Okay. He he was like Rachel hasn't eaten in three days. Bring her food, and I leave and I go bring her food and like I bring it to her and like they're pushing and I'm like whoa, I thought you wanted food <laughs> after the baby came out, not right now. Right. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, back to photography questions. Mackenzie Durst said, how did you find your photography niche? What made you choose portraits over landscapes or et cetera? Mm. So, um, Rich, you want to answer that question? Or you want me to take a stab at it? I had a professor in college, Professor Isaacson, and I took a beautiful picture of the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is like a 45-minute drive from Liberty University where I went. And he's like, that's a beautiful picture. Do you know what would make that sell? And I was excited. He was like, put a picture of a bride, put a bride in that frame or put a family in that frame and then your pictures will be worth something. And it was kind of like heart wrenching to hear that because I was like, I'll never shoot weddings or families. <laughs> um, but he was right. People, well, you know, like the ugliest family in the world, the Monars, they'll pay to have their picture taken. But that tree we? that, yeah, well, no, they'll just make me do it. <laughs> well, if you pay my salary, so. Joke's on you, but people will pay for pictures. Like you'll pay for a picture of your grandkid if it's a great picture, you know, but right. somebody that wants a picture of a tree, you know, that tree ain't giving you nothing. I don't think that tree has ever paid a dime mm -mm. of money. They pay a lot. Art is a very uh, niche. That's a very niche in, in, itself, in and of itself as far as niching. Like landscape for me would be a, like maybe I could be a full-time landscape photographer. 
Landscape is one of those things where it's 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 really tricky. There definitely are people that make a full time living at it, but they definitely have to find that niche and they have to find the right way to you know to sell those those landscapes. Like there's a there's a guy I'd actually love to bring him on. He's a good buddy of mine, a surfer buddy. Um, his name is Jonah Allen. I need to um, uh, we we should have him on the podcast. I'll see maybe if he's available in the next couple of weeks. But um, but he sells fine art landscapes. A lot of it are drone shots or just pictures of beautiful water. You guys have seen any photos? If you follow me on Instagram um, or uh, you know Rich, he takes some beautiful drone shots as well. But but um, if you've seen the water around where I live, it's just absolutely stunning. It's one of the things that enticed us to move to Panhandle, Florida. But Jonah lives here, and he takes these stunning like landscape images of water, um, and uh, whether it's a drone shot or whether it's you know like these just beautiful wave shots, and he sells them as fine art and prints them in a really like amazing archival way. And you know, he has pictures of like them in these you know multi million dollar houses and stuff like that. So you can be a landscape photographer. I never really went down that road. I never committed to it, you know, enough to like really do it. But it's one of those things where, you know, a landscape being a landscape photographer and actually making a full time living at it is probably harder, um, I would think, than being a portrait photographer. Amen. Because you have to, you really have to have a niche. And you have to find a niche market to sell your prints in. Um, so, I mean, you could potentially, if you're a landscape photographer, for instance, you could potentially be a uh, stock photographer. You could take beautiful landscapes and be a stock photographer, or you could, you know, get on with some sort of, um, you know, social media thing where, you know, they needed they needed fine art images. Like, there's all sorts of ways to make money from landscape images. It's just one of those things where it's like there's a lot of starving there's more starving well i don't know about that <laughs> but there's more starving landscape artists than than other things because like rich said so beautifully um the landscapes the trees they don't actually pay for the work people pay for the work you know so if you can find a, a demographic of people that are willing to pay for what you're creating that's a niche you know that's a market that you can try to sell in like my friend jonah he sells to these high-end homeowners you know a thousand two thousand dollars four thousand dollars a print that's framed in this beautiful, you know, archival, amazing way. And it's this beautiful, um, you know, beautiful print. Um, but a lot of people are just trying to like, I'm just going to create an online store really quick. And on, um, whether it's Etsy or whether it's, you know, using pixie set or something like that, and just hope enough people come to my website and then buy a $10 print. Like you're probably just not going to make a living that way unless you have a massive following and really have like, you know, an amazing niche to it. My, um, my professor, so, my professor also said that what you just said is like having a beautiful billboard in the desert. So like you have this beautiful thing that, you know, nobody really cares about. Nobody really drives by, uh -huh. you know, because your internet traffic is low and there's so much other stuff out there. It's like having a huge, awesome billboard in the middle of the desert. Right. That's great. I like that. It's kind of like, so SEO, there are like an SEO like metaphor. SEO stands for search engine optimization. It's basically trying to optimize your website uh, to get people to come to it um, through search results. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you have a beautiful, if you have beautiful pictures and you have a beautiful website and a beautiful place for people to buy prints, but no one comes to it, you're not going to make any money on those prints. You know, not if that's your avenue to sell them. So why do we choose portraits over landscapes? For me at the time, I felt like I couldn't be a landscape photographer um, and sell prints and make a living off of it. 
you know, I actually wanted to be a surfing photographer. And then I realized like the industry was kind of getting a little bit oversaturated and surf magazines were paying less and less for images. Um, and so, um, it'd be, it'd be cool to bring some surf photographers on, um, and, and even just talk to them, like try to figure like talk to them about how they actually make a living these days. Chris Berkman, but, I'm in. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'd say he talk, we, we, we talk, we, we talk. See if, see if we'll join us. That'd be awesome. So, um, so as far as how do we, how do we decide the niche for portrait photography? For me, it, 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 it evolved over the years, but I realized that people would pay you money and not landscapes. Like the landscape, the trees never pay, the, the people pay. And so um, initially, um, I started shooting weddings because that was the, the place where I could make the most money. And I had people asking me if I would shoot their weddings. And so I realized, okay, I can, I can make a good chunk of money shooting my friends' weddings who are getting, in, you know, they're getting engaged right now. And then it worked, I worked my way up to where I was able to pivot from weddings, which was fun and it provided an income for us and all these different things. And we got to travel the world. It was amazing. But what I really wanted to do was shoot advertising and shoot album covers and stuff like that. So, you know, while I was building up my portfolio for advertising, for album covers, for, you know, commercial work, I was, you know, shooting weddings and some family portrait sessions and stuff like that. So it's really kind of about the opportunities that are in front of you and what pays you money. So there's a, there's a guy, there's a book called business brilliant. That was brilliant. Um, Lewis Schiff, I think was the author's name. And he talked about this thing. He said, he said, do what you love, but always, always, always follow the money. And, and it's not in a sellout way. He was saying like, you know, there's this, there's this misconception that like, do what you love and the money will follow. And that's not necessarily true. Okay. Because if I, if you only shoot bats, uh, that you've shot with a paintball. I mean, I don't know, maybe that would be a cool, I'm not sure. Um, and, and then you just do it and it's a really cool creative expression, but no one wants to buy the prints or hire you to, you to shoot their pet bats. I don't know. Like you, you just may not, you may not make a living, you know, the money may not follow. So that's kind of a misconception that Lewis uh, Schiff kind of turns on its head. He says, do what you love to shoot those bats with paintballs and then with the care. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Don't do that. I'm caught um, Peter. Shoot the, shoot the landscapes. Okay. Do what you love. Okay. Shoot the street photography, do what you love. He's like, but then follow the money, use your skills and then shoot some portrait sessions and make some money um, so that you don't have to go get a job and you can continue to do um, the things that you love, which is maybe shoot landscapes or shoot street photography or shoot, you know, you know, action sports or whatever it is that maybe you're, maybe you're not making as much money or making little or no money in, but do what you love and, and then follow the money as well. And that's, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I loved taking pictures, I loved taking landscapes. I wanted to take album covers, but the, the obvious way to make money to support my family and to pay our mortgage and to put bread on the table was to shoot weddings at the time. And, and that just, that was like kind of, it wasn't my first choice. Uh, I got to shoot my first choice later once I built my portfolio, but it took a little while to build up to that. So it was a, it was a long way um, to do it. Hey, Linda Kane Nielsen asked this question. All right. Um, hi, Linda. She's one of our amazing TPM students. She said, if you have a total of 50 or so images that you are delivering to someone after a small shoot and you've already taken 10 or so into PS, Photoshop, for fine editing, et cetera, do you do it to all 50 images or do you, do you do it to only, let's say your top 10? Okay. Um, great question. All right. Um, 
here's my answer. I, um, by the way, if you have any questions, ask them in the comments. We'll do our best to answer as many questions as we can. Okay. Um, and by the way, if you are, if you become a member of the photo mentorship, which you can check out at the photo mentorship.com. Okay. Dot com. Um, com. Then you can get your questions answered all the time by us. Okay. Cause we do, we have three more live trainings this week where we'll be, you know, teaching guys. We have a photography boot camp. We have, is it tech talk with rich on Thursday? The most favorite show of all TPM. Yes. Tech Talk with Rich on Thursday and then Edit with Emily is on Friday. Um, so we have three more live shows this week. So we answer questions on those. And then you can always get your questions answered, um, you know, privately or publicly um, inside the photo mentorship. So check out the photomentorship.com. If you're not a student yet, you're silly. Go be a student because lots of new, uh, lots of new stuff coming for these students too, man. That's, so, that's right. We just had a pet photography course that's in the process of releasing the first installment of that released really, on Friday. David, David sat there and rubbed my hair and they took pictures of it. Just pet. petting. Mm -hmm. that's petting course. That's weird. Okay. So Linda asked, she said, if I have 50 images that I'm delivering to a, a client, to a client, to a client, I've already edited 10 photos in Photoshop. Do I edit the other 40 pictures in Photoshop? Here's what I do. And I don't know what your editing style is, Linda. Like I, I, I can't say, but I'll tell you what I do. And may, I think Rich would probably say he does something similar. I personally do not bring any images into Photoshop until my clients have chose them to be their choice images. So I do all of the processing in Lightroom. I bring them into Lightroom. I, I choose them or cull them, narrow them down in Lightroom. And then I pick, you know, I, I also, so I, if I have, uh, if I have, let's say, um, 500 photos, okay? I'm gonna narrow, or let's say 450, because that's a, this, these are round numbers. If I shoot 450 photos of a portrait session, which sounds about right, um, you know, if it's a quick session, something like that. If I shoot four, 450 photos, I will immediately narrow them down to 150 keepers, okay? So there's now there's 300 that I'm just gonna remove from the equation and my clients are never gonna see those 300 photos that are B, or really they're like delete photos, okay? They may be just as like close to good, but not as good. So I'm gonna keep 150 of them. I'm gonna take 450, narrow it down to one third of those images and only keep 150 of them. So in Linda's situation, she's saying she's delivering 50 to the client. And um, so I'll say it this way. So out of those 150 that I'm keeping, I've narrowed down 450 to 150, okay? Out of those 150, I will have also narrowed the 150 down to another third, which would be 50 images of what are my A shots or my choice shots, okay? The ones that are my favorites, okay? So I, I typically call them choice, okay? And so the remaining 100 photos, we went from 450, we are essentially deleting or removing 300. I don't delete them yet. I just put them in a folder called delete and remove them out of Lightroom. So we've narrowed 450 down to 150. Okay, and then I've narrowed the 150 keepers down to 50 choice shots, my favorite ones. And there's 100 other B shots or extra shots as well. So then once I've narrowed down to 50 shots, I then start editing those photos in Lightroom. And I use my presets. We have amazing presets in the photo mentorship um, to where you can edit your photos in one click using recipes that Rich has made, um, that I've made and several, um, you know, we have how many, Presets in there, 85, 90 presets packs whoa, whoa, in there. Whoa, 
there's 75 that are out, man. We can't we can't tell everybody all of our oh, sorry. What's well, we just have like 10 more that Ooh. we're in the process of releasing. So um, and each of these packs have like 10 variations in them, okay? So whether it's the wedding photography presets or the natural light portrait presets or the outdoor presets or Rich's favorite portrait presets or uh, Crystal's storytelling presets, whatever they are, um, we have presets for you to edit your photos in one click. So what I do, those 50 images, is I edit those photos with presets and then tweak them. And then I you know, edit in Lightroom pretty efficiently, pretty quickly. And I teach all this in my Lightroom 101 course, by the way, which everyone who has access to the photo mentorship gets access to the Lightroom 101 course, the 201 course, and the other 25 courses that are currently inside the photo mentorship. That's just included in your membership. You can stream all of our courses, okay? So in the Lightroom 101 course, I teach exactly what I'm talking about, but practically over my shoulder, you see my screen share and all that stuff. So we edit those photos really efficiently to 50, and then I can synchronize those 50 photos and edit the, 100, the other 100 photos in one click. Because I take the 50 as templates and synchronize the edits to the other 100. So now I have 150 photos that are edited. Okay, you track with me? I went 450, deleted 300, down to 150, and then I picked 50 of those as my favorite photos that I'm gonna tell the client, these are the choice photos that I love that I recommend. And then we've just real quickly synchronized the other remaining 100 images that are extra photos. And then I send my clients two folders, the choice folder and the extra folder. The choice folder has 50 photos in it. The extra folder uh, has 100 photos in this scenario, okay? And then I say to my clients, pick your favorite images, your favorite 10 images, for example. That's typically what I do. And I will retouch those 10 images. When I say retouch, take a further look, remove some zits, you know, make them look more well rested. I'm not trying to make them look fake. You know, I'm just no. trying to make them look like they would on their best day. Okay. When they, you know, don't have that zit. Uh, and when they got a good night's sleep, you know, like what they would really look like. That's what I'm typically doing. And so I bring, I only bring in the images that my clients have chose into Photoshop. And then I, go dive deeper into editing those images. Be firm on the only picking 10. Don't let somebody abuse you and say, yeah. can you retouch all 50? The answer is no. So the, the answer to Linda's question is, should I bring those other, I have 50 photos I'm delivering to my clients. Should I bring the other 40 images into Photoshop, even though I've already edited 10? I'm like, no. Don't you know? open and Photoshop I don't know, unless like, you have maybe, to. Maybe that, that's kind of my, my perspective on it. I know some people would just prefer to like, run an action in Photoshop or do an overlay or something. And I get that. Like, if that's your thing, fine. But should you go in and individually retouch each of the images? No. You tell them these are 90% of the way there, but they're not retouched. They're not individually retouched. Choose your favorites and I will retouch them for you and then deliver a folder called retouched. I don't so my clients that. in the end, my clients in the end, my commercial clients specifically, they get three folders. Okay. Initially, they get a choice folder with only my favorites in it, and they're only edited in Lightroom. And then they get an extra folder with the extra photos that I wanted to keep, but weren't the ones I recommended, okay? And then once they've chosen their favorite 10 between those two folders, then I retouch them and I deliver a third folder later, 48 hours, a week later, however long it takes, and... Um, and, and say, here's those 10 retouched images. You know, please give photo credit to davidmolnar.com, you know? 
that's how I do it. So hopefully that answers your question. Is there a question that you want to answer? No, no. I mean, my, my, I don't even do that. I put them in the choice. I give them choice and extra if I feel like being nice and they're great clients and I give them extra. And then I wait till they make, order prints. I'm not going to retouch something that's not going to be on a wall. I wait till they – I see like, oh, they ordered this in a canvas. Let me retouch that before it goes to the lab. Mm-hmm. So if I self-fulfill my own lab orders, I, I wait to if you self, hard, yeah, hard, if you, hard proof. If you self-fulfill, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, soft proof is where it's at, y'all. Lightroom soft proofing. Don't work too hard. The more time you spend working on an image is the less you're worth an hour. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Love it. Love it. Get it right uh, on camera. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Stephanie was saying, I'm a TPM student and love it. Fantastic. Um, so Steve Slayman is saying, what kind of insurance is required for county and city permits to shoot certain county and city sites? Um, so uh, you, you, do need, you do need photography insurance as a photography business. Okay, you need business insurance. And typically what they want, and this could change depending on the location, but typically what they want is a million dollar liability policy okay talk to your insurance agent we even have you know some insurance that we can recommend but um uh, it's a million dollar liability policy and uh and then usually that so that that policy the business insurance will typically include like your equipment insurance up to you know twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment and it'll have a million dollar liability policy so if someone dies or gets a broken arm or something like that on your photo shoot at their location your business policy would cover that. And so most companies can provide that for you uh, as well. Um, and so we actually are talking with some companies to find out exactly like who we, who we would feel the most comfortable with recommending. We don't have that for you yet. Um, so, but typically you need that. Some, com- some locations may require a $2 million liability policy, but I think 1 million is usually what, what's covered under there. But be careful. Like, right. I mean, places I shoot, Farms in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, will say, "Can you please attach me as a you know that your photo insurance is covered in this hundred-year-old barn?" Like, so you'd be surprised the places that make you prove insurance, and it's worth it. You know, if somebody trips on one of your stands or your camera bag, it's better to be protected. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. I'm sorry. Um, so. Heather, Heather Meckling Eccles asked the question, what would your go-to lens be for landscape shots? What's your go-to lens, Richard? Thank you. Mm, go-to lens for landscapes. Man, I tell you what, I'm going to answer that from experience. When I went to Iceland a few years ago, I shot my 24 so much. Mm. It was kind of like my go-to lens, and I would just put a ND filter on it and call it a day. I shot that way more than I thought I was going to. Hmm. But I also shot the hundred a lot. Cool. Like, like I like the compression of. I didn't want it to be what my eyes saw on purpose, because what my what my eyes saw was a touch stale or boring. So I was like, okay, if I shoot that at two hundred, that mountain looks really cool now, because of the compression that my focal distance is giving it. Um, so I'm constantly thinking through my arsenal of lenses as I'm at any shoot. So typically, um, Heather, typically when you think of landscapes, a lot of times you think of a wide angle, mm-hmm. a lot of times, 
That's why I said first. Some what's that? I said twenty four first. That's why. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I have a uh, sixteen to thirty five millimeter um, Canon L series lens that's kind of broken. Like it, I, I really need to like I. I've Bro, you need the, you need the new version. That the new version of that thing is sick. This version two. Yeah, but I might get the R. I might get the RF version, huh? Yeah, if you can never get the camera. I know. I, I'll get my 1635 because I actually have it. Yeah, I have it in a bag in the closet over there because it's kind of broken. So the 1635 is, I forget, it was maybe $1,500, $1,600 lens. How much was it when you bought it? Mm, yeah, probably like that. thirteen to 1500 bucks. Yeah, um, and it's a specialty lens. So if you shoot portraits with it, it's really going to distort people. Um, but it can be cool if someone's like right in the center. Um, you know, and then it, it can be a cool thing. We just probably don't want to have people too close to the lens if you're shooting at 16 because it can be real distorting. And no one wants wants to look wider in an image, you know. Um, like what my wife and I, whenever someone's taking an iPhone photo of us, we like always try to get in the center of the picture because all the edges are stretched, you know. Um, but um, <laughs> she's like, I don't want to look fat. So I'm like, yeah, I get it. Um, all so, 90 uh, pounds of Tammy. I know. Yeah. Um, so. The 16 to 35 used to be my go-to lens, but since it's not been working lately, like I, I haven't bothered to replace it. Um, I use my my 24 a lot as well, the 24 to uh, 70, and then um, you know that's a great one because it goes pretty wide. You know, yeah, but 16, like 16 to 35 is good. It? It's run and gun. Like you can shoot at 16, at like because it, it's 2.8 all the way through. At 35, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I shot this a lot yeah. too. Hey, Alyssa Higgins asked the question, have you ever used a MagSphere diffuser? I have. A MagMod? She she might be meeting a MagMod makes a diffuser, and MagMod's the best. If you're going to get a diffuser, um, I borrowed a friend of mine's for a year, and I'm just too cheap to buy one. But MagMod is great. That's where um, Trevor Daly, you know Trevor? Do you know Trevor? Yeah. He he works for MagMod now. Um, so like, it's a great, it's a great company. Uh, you put these magnets on your speed light and they clip on and then your diffuser just pops on and off like really easily. It's like the best system. I have the Gary Fong currently, um, 90% of the time I just point it up at the ceiling because it works when you do that. Yeah. That's what I typically do. I typically, I typically point it up to the ceiling and just have this white card. By the way, we have a course that all of our members of the photo mentorship can take for free or included in their membership called Speedlight 101. And we just wrapped filming last Thursday on Speedlight 201, where we teach you how to take that flash off of your camera and set up one, two, or 12 lights. I actually learned a lot filming that course, David. These Sanyo yeah. flashes have a built in receiver. So when you put the cheap $30 transmitter on your camera, the flash will automatically receive the signal, like built-in technology. It blows me away. On a $60 so flash, it's like, what? Canon needs, like, yeah. I quit Canon. I kissed Canon goodbye with their speed lights. Like, what a waste of money. <laughs> uh, and so Nikon's funny. even worse, man. Um, Nikon, Nikon flashes are so expensive. It's like, gosh, just buy a Godox or a Yonia. Like, just... Or sell your Nikon flash and buy 12 speed lights. um hey katrina asked this question she said katrina mobley said i was trying to take a picture with sun flare burst through the trees and it could not get a good one any tips on how to get the sun flare bursts so um a couple things 
sun flare and the star burst um, kind of can be two different things. Um, I mean, they are the same, but the way that they're the way that they look and they feel are two different things. Or I, I can say infinite variations technically. <clears throat> so here's the deal. Sun flare is kind of like a blob of light, kind of like bleeding out. That's kind of the way I think about it. Like okay? a yellow haze. And the sun, yeah, kind of like a yellow haze, and it can be really, you know, real pleasant, real awesome. I, I do love it. I love shooting at a very shallow depth of field and having like that sun flare kind of like real soft and beautiful in the background when there's a when there's a nice um, you know, shallow depth of field, beautiful bokeh in the background by the way we have, a, we have an article called uh, on it's forward slash aperture so davidmore.com forward slash aperture and you can learn a lot about this and so here's here's the little hint if you shoot let me get my my original camera out here okay mind if i take over the screen for a second richard i guess um, if you shoot if you shoot at a large aperture hole like the size is is large okay that's a large size. That's at a 1.8 on this lens. And this is at F22, I believe. Yeah, F22 on this lens. Okay. If you shoot at a large aperture size, it's going to create a couple things. It's going to create a shallow depth of field, which is going to be a blurry background. Like right now, you can see everything is super sharp and crisp in the background. Okay. Um, and uh, and then also, it's, it's also going to create uh, more of that sun... Uh, flare, kind of like that soft, hazy look in the background when you're shooting, when the sun is hitting, you know, is in the background. Okay. So if, with sun flare, you have to have the light. So it would need to be in your frame, you know, like otherwise there won't be the flare. It, you might see a rim light on your subject. So a light kind of hitting the back of their head, maybe coming around their face a little teeny bit, <clears throat> but you won't necessarily see the flare unless the sun is, is, is actually in the frame here. Okay. So if it's up here, like if, if, if this is, the sun and it's up here. Yes, I got pit stains. Sorry, guys. Not pit stains, but what pits. Um, so if it if the sun is up here, you may not. If it creeps in a little teeny bit, you might get a little sun flare, a lot of sun flare, no sun flare. You know what I mean? Like so, the sun has to actually be creeping in your frame or be completely in your frame in order to get that soft sun flare. Okay, so the large aperture size creates the sun flare that's soft. If you want to see that star burst with a, you know, like a small sun with the, bur with like the streaks, the burst, you know, like very defined, then you need to have a small aperture hole. Okay. Or a high number. Very yes. It's a high number, but this creates a soft sun flare. This creates a sharp and defined sun flare. The star burst. Okay, the star burst is with a small hole, which which in aperture is a large number. We talked about this in the Master Camera course. I talk about it on davidmore.com forward slash aperture, uh, the best blog post in the entire world um, for, for that. We'll go ahead and see if we can um, post a link there. Aperture. See if I can spell so, this so right. To answer your question, I think, I think the way her wording was is she wants to see the star. And to answer her question very clearly, you need to shoot at a higher aperture, higher number. So the hole needs to be smaller, i.e. Right. Try like F11. You know, I, I have a 100 millimeter lens right here in my hand that I like. And I like it because when I, I can shoot at F32, David. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? And that gives your son like a star. Like at F32, that is a multi-pointed crazy star shape. 
Right. Yeah, you, you want to probably shoot at F11, F16, something like that to be able to have that star burst in there, mm-hmm. you know? So to be clear, if you want that star burst, you shoot at a small number like F16, F11. And if you want it to be like that hazy sun flare look that's soft, you shoot at a large hole, which is actually a small number. Okay. You can learn all about this on davidmore.com forward slash aperture. Aperture. Hopefully I posted this uh, link correctly. I'll put it here. Um, Aperture article. Here we go. Okay. Um, All right. So we're going to answer maybe one more question. Uh, sorry, make it, I know there's make a it bunch. A good of... one. Make it a good one. All right, I'm going to let you answer this question. Ooh. Belinda Medor um, said, "Any tips for fall outside photo shoots? I'm planning mine for next week. What do you think, Rich? Control the situation and environment. Um, with fall shoots and a lot of mini shoots, you're dealing with kids." So you want to be able to put them somewhere where you know it looks good and you're not thinking as much. So the more muscle memory you get from things like the photo mentorship and knowing how to master your camera, great. But also control the environment. You know, if you put them backlit to where you don't have to worry about sun splotches on the face or you already have your scene set up and all, the, all they're doing is sitting. Formula um, number the, two and three. Yeah, the, the more you control the situation, the happier you'll be with the outcome because you're no longer fighting the situation. So get to the location early, see which way the wind's blowing, see which way the sun's going, and then think about what you want the end product to look like so that way your client shows up and they, you get the result that you have in your head. So and if always you can, scout. plan ahead. Yeah, yeah plan ahead and yeah. scout, man. Like, like it, when I, I have to go to New Jersey in three weeks, David, because my wedding this Saturday had to move because of COVID. Um, and I'm getting there a day early just so I can scout the wedding location out the day before. Like somebody go there at the same time of day the day before just to kind of look around and be like, okay, I'm going to do family pictures over there by that tree. And then I'm going to take the couple over here by this lake. And I know before I show up to the shoot exactly what I'm going to do and what the light is going to look like. The only problem is, uh, is weather, you know, mm-hmm. like, Weather is uh, obviously can be a big deterrent because like there'll be times where like man the light is going to be perfect. I can do formula number three um, from the course. Any anyone you guys know which um, which uh, formula what I'm talking about? Which course I'm talking about when I say formula number three? Um, you can plan the lighting out, but if it's cloudy the next day, then all of a sudden your lighting is way different. You know, like if I was planning on like the sun, it's you know it's going to be golden hour. The sun is going to set at six, so we're going to shoot here at five o'clock. It's going to be an hour before sunset, and the sun is going to be this beautiful backlit thing hitting hitting our clients. Um, but then it's a cloudy day, and then standing in that same location is now all of a sudden kind of dark and dingy. You know, so. I would make sure that you have a reflector. And if you can have an assistant or a friend or a spouse or something mm. come along, having a reflector can be huge. Obviously, if it's raining, that's like a whole other issue. But Use the reflector you know. as an umbrella. So there's a course. I just want to say this. There's a course that we have called um, Shoot Stunning Natural Light Portraits. Okay. That's available to everyone who is a photo mentorship student. Okay. So um, – And that course, Shoot Stunning Natural Light Portraits, teaches you three specific lighting formulas that you can use in any situation to find beautiful natural light to achieve professional quality portraits using only natural light, okay? 
it's like Rich is doing. He's like looking to see where the light is actually hitting it. So you look right here. There's, I don't know if you can see, but there's like no light on this side. But if I go like this, look at this window light. It's coming in. It's good light on my face. Good catch, catch light. light. If you don't have catch light in the eyes, start over. Try again. Yeah. So that, and that's the thing. Like if it's a cloudy day, that's a, that's going to be a big issue is catch light. Seeing, seeing those, see the, see the light in my eyes right there. You can see it like right there. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, David, easy. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it's th this, you know, see the catch light up there, um, the twinkle in my eye. That's what you want to make sure you have in your portraits. Otherwise people's eyes look dead. Don't look alive. They look dead. It looks like raccoon eyes and the lights coming too, too top heavy and coming straight down and it'll heavy shadows. And if you can't see the eyes, it's not a pro quality portrait in my opinion, not for traditional portraiture, right? You want to see the catch light. And so if it's a cloudy day and you have a reflector and you can get, let me see if I have, uh, um, well, it's too far over there in the closet. But if you can use like a silver or a gold, silver works really good on a cloudy day, then it'll pop a little bit of light back in. White can work as well. Um, but if you have a reflector, then it can add a little bit more light into the equation and fill in those, those dead spots in the eyes and give that twinkle back. So um, if there's one tip for fall portraits, for fall family portraits, it's uh, if you're a photo mentorship member, go watch the Shoot Stunning Natural Light Portraits course. It's a quick, easy course. And I teach you three lighting formulas, okay, to shoot professional quality light in any situation, okay? Formula number one, formula number two, and formula number three are pretty different from each other, but you can utilize one of those formulas, especially if you have a reflector, to get pro quality portraits. If you're not a photo mentorship student, go sign up for the photo mentorship and go take that course, all right? Yeah. So I think it's time to do the giveaway unless you have something else. You well, yeah, no, no. There's some questions coming into like, you have a, like David, I don't even know if you know this, but we are almost finished with photo release, model release, photo contracty stuff that people are going to be able to get with credits. And we are like dangerously close to getting that ready. So TPM people nice. be excited about all these things coming out, mm -hmm. including date night with rich an actual date night. I will be pimping mm -hmm. myself out. Only four credits. It's not a lot. That's a, that's as much as David said I was worth. I was like, hey, what do you think? Like 40 credits? And then like, and he's like, nah, four. And I was like, okay, gosh. Yikes. <laughs> All right, we have a winner. Um, uh, I, don't have, I still have that poll up, so I don't, I don't have the winner up. So hopefully you can announce it. Winners. There's two winners, right? Oh, there's supposed to be two winners. Yeah, hopefully we got two winners. I, I have faith in Crystal because she's beautiful and perfect. We do. She always shields us from like, you know, from having to worry about picking everything, you know? You know what I mean? I know it's a pun, but I don't see the name. Somebody shields. Ah, gotcha. Way to, way to be a Debbie Downer, you know? Debbie shields. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> close, close. Ah, uh, I, was trying, I don't so see what it. We're I was guessing. Right now, for those of you guys who shared, <laughs> $20, Rich. You know, it's for... Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to give away our favorite memory card holders to you guys. Well, the cool thing is, is you can drop them, you can run over them, and they're going to keep your cards safe. That's pretty awesome. I think, it's, I think these that. are waterproof too, right? Is yours waterproof? Yes. They are. yes. Yeah. After, awesome. my, after my good buddy uh, photographer had his in his pocket on a cruise ship, he like lost a bunch of cards. That's when I switched to waterproof. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's good, and it's, it's decently slim. It's a little bit bulky. Like I have a... I have a thinner one, you know, but like have, it's a little bit thinner. Thing. But think I, don't tank. Know. I have a think tank, one of those. I it came with your think tank bag. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're going to give away two of them. And the first winner is 
Kathy Shields. I write that off. Shield you, Crystal Shields us. Wow. Kathy, Kathy, you have won Shields. one of these. Thanks for sharing this Facebook Live. You're awesome, Kathy Shields. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, and the next winner is. Um, I don't know if I could pun that one. Debbie Blackman. Debbie Blackman, you are the winner of a... Hey, your case is black, card. man. It's true. It is. It's black, man. I love it. All right. Hey, did you guys like this um, this AMA session version of um, the Your Photography Mentor podcast? Let us know in, the, in the comments. I know we didn't... AUA. Ask, ask us. us anything. AUA, ask us anything. AUA, AUA. Yeah. awesome. AUA. AUA. Hopefully you guys like that. Um, I know I didn't, we didn't get to answer all your questions, but if you're a photo mentorship student, you do get all your questions answered inside the photo mentorship. So um, that's kind of a little, well, huge added perk. So if you want questions, um, if you have questions about you know an upcoming shoot and you want to know the settings or if you want some feedback on a specific image, what you could do better, or if you want specific training, then uh, we will answer all your questions inside the photo mentorship. So we love you guys. Have a fantastic day. Go check out thephotomentorship.com if you are not a member. And uh, Just do it. Yeah. And I will see photo, photo mentorship members on Wednesday um, at the Photography 101 Boot Camp. I'm excited about that. I'm a big fan of this week's teaching. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be blurry um, about that. Nothing blurry about that pun. That's right. That's right. It'll be nice, sharp, and crisp. You know what I mean? Or maybe it'll it should be it should be really cool. It should be really cool. Wah, wah, wah. I'll be using a fan as a prop in this week's um, photography boot camp. I want you to wear an open button shirt just so the fan could be like Michael Jackson. It's like flowing, flowing backwards. (laughs) I'm a fan of that. It's awesome. All right. Well, we love you guys. Have a fantastic day. We will see you soon. I love you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss out on news and events. Give us a rating on iTunes or simply tell a friend about us. It helps us get the word out so we can help more people reach their photography goals. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about. Email us at hello at davidmolnar.com. This podcast is brought to you by thephotomentorship.com. Thank you.